Welcome to the Church 214 podcast. We're glad that you've joined us today. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at church214.org. Yes, thank you. Okay, but look, no, don't clap yet because this might be a disaster, okay? So we'll see at the end here. Uh, I am really grateful. You know, I'm, we're, we're grateful for this church, and what Heather shared was was true. We were really rooted at another church, but God is so good that when we moved here and, and we were searching for a community, God brought this these you people, this community to us, and so we're really grateful not just to be a part of the, just to be able to sit in these seats with you, but to be able to participate in the ministry of Church 214 and to be involved in that. That's great. So today, there's, there's no secret. We're talking about money today, folks, all right? So I don't know if that gets you excited or if that makes you anxious. My job is to help level you out. So to warm us up, uh, I have some inspiration from a recent experience I had with, again, some of you guys in our community who have influenced me now. Uh, we're going to warm up with some money memes to get us going, okay? Just to kind of lighten the mood here as we go. Let's see what we have first. What does that say? Can you read that? Uh, when you spend too much money on extra guacamole and you have to spend the rest of your life in a box. That is a real thing. I'm an extra walk guy for sure. What else we got here? Me. How do I save money? Friend, stop spending money on things you don't need. Nope. Don't like that. Also true. What about this one? Me. I just need to go to Target for one thing or insert any store. For me, it's Costco. Your total is 273 Anybody resonate with that one? What about this one? Thinking about all them school loans, wondering if your wizardry degree is going to work out. <laughs> Any more? What else have we got up there? Oh, this is a good one. Friend, how's parenthood going? <laughs> Just shoveling money away, guys, right? This is a church of kids and families, right? You can resonate with that one. Ooh, tithing in the collection plate versus tithing online. Now listen. Those of us here, we, we don't pass the plate around, right? So we're definitely fancy tuxedo poo there, right? <laughs> All right, let's pray, guys. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that we have an anchor in Jesus to guide our lives, especially when it comes to this topic of finances. And help us today open our hearts, um, open our hands so we can receive for you and then give back to you what it is that you've given so freely to us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Okay, yes, we have been in this rhythm series. It's been really good. I love rhythms because, of course, I'm a drummer. I like the, I like the idea of, of being on beat and having rhythms. But one thing that's very important that I think we should um, underscore is that there should be a reason for our rhythms. So far we've talked about rest and we've talked about hospitality. We've talked about our thinking and our thought patterns. All these things are going to be great, and we have more to talk about beyond today. But what is the reason for those things? Why should we go to bed early? Why should we check our thoughts? Why should we open our home? There's got to be a reason. I remember once when I was in college, I had like this Ecclesiastes kind of moment, and I was like in the dumps and, you know, depressed because I was, had to stay up all night doing papers, and I was a freshman, and I was classic first kid, okay, overachieving first kid, but I was overachieving on a whole nother level. Because in high school, I, I wasn't really that great of a, I, mean, I was a good student, but I wasn't like all about like grades and all this stuff. But when I went to college, I got a scholarship, 
And with the scholarship, I had to maintain a certain grade point average in order to keep getting my money. So I discovered ultra first kid mode, and I was just all day long studying, planning everything. I'm like 19 years old. Who, what, what kid does that? So eventually it, it caught up to me, and I'm like, what is all this? What, what's the purpose? Why am I doing all this? Why am I staying up late, writing all these papers? So I had this moment, and I'm like, man, I, you know, breaking point. I gave up, and then this was the era when, you know, like, Internet, I look younger than I am. <laughs> when the Internet started hitting, hitting the scene, and I discovered that you could play uh, online chess anytime you wanted. So not only do I have my first kid thing going, now I got my ultimate kind of nerd thing going. And I decided instead of all my stu school studies, let me just, just kind of nerd out on chess and just kind of like, I'm just going to like let this be my, my thing. And then my mom called me. And she's like, hey, how's it going? It's going fine. School's great. But then I confessed to her. I'm like, you know, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not feeling life right now. Like, it's just all this stuff doesn't seem like it's, it seems like a hamster wheel. What, what, what's this all about, Mom? And I remember she told me one thing that I'll never forget. This is the most important piece of information, wisdom she ever gave me. She's like, you know, all these things that we do, if they don't point to Jesus, there's no point to them. Everything that we do has to point to Jesus. So when we talk about our rhythms, let's make sure that we know there's a reason for our rhythm. And with a rhythm, essentially the rhythm, it keeps us on beat. We have to be on beat if we're going to accomplish whatever this song is that, that God has given us. And so this rhythm should be tied to our purpose as people. Are we living an intentional life? Are we people on purpose? That way our rhythms have purpose. And so that they don't become New Year's resolutions that end up in the trash two months later. Our rhythm should give us purpose. And so we know that the scriptures say that God created us. It says in Ephesians chapter 2. God created us for what? As, as a masterpiece to do good works that he created for us long ago. To point people to Jesus. To be about something. That should tie into how we think about our money, our finances, the way that we spend and save, all those things. We should figure out what is God's beat when it comes to our money. And that's what I've kind of titled my message today is God's money beat. What is God's money beat, right? You can kind of get the little beatbox going, right? What is God's money beat? And what I want to share with us today that God's money beat boils down to this phrase that we're going to unpack today. That we are to be wise with his money and bless the world. Let me say that again. That we are to be wise and bless the world. That's God's money beat. When you want to know what God's purpose is for money and for resources, it ties into his bigger vision, his bigger calling for our lives to point people to this kingdom life, okay, to build the kingdom. That's the purpose. Now, last week, Rochelle did a great job of, of distinguishing that there's, there's two worlds happening at place, right? We have the kingdom where God has clearly shown us throughout this, the narrative of Scripture and, and how he wants us to think and to be, to be wise with the things that he has, to bless the world. And then you have the actual world. And what does the world think about money? How does the world perceive money? The world says, hey, one key word, more. We need more. I don't have enough. I'm afraid of this, you know, this, this, this thing that's going to happen in my job. I need more. I need a better job. I need et cetera, et cetera. The world wants more. But 
But the problem is, is that more will never satisfy because more is not tied into mission. More is about empire building. That's the reason why. It builds our empires. It builds somebody else's empire. And you know what? Empires are never satisfied. And also, what happens to empires? They crumble. They crumble. I am a lifelong Chicago Bulls fan. In my mind, the the 96 Bulls are always going to be the greatest team. But they're not around anymore. Later on, I'm going to talk about a passage in Matthew that says, Don't store up treasures in heaven where moth eats and rust destroys and where thieves break in and steal. That's what happens with empires. Moths eat, rust destroys, and thieves steal. You can't grow empires forever because they're going to crumble. But when it comes to having our money on mission, we're kingdom building for eternal things. Today, I want us to think about our money that way. I know we think plenty about our money. We think plenty about it, right? Do I have enough? Can I send my kid to college? Am I in the right job? Are my investments doing well? How's the stock market doing? Should I be concerned about this or that? Do I need a budget, et cetera, et cetera? So we think plenty about our money. But let those be secondary questions. Here's the question. Is my money on mission? Let that be our question. Is my money on mission? Am I living a purposeful life? Am I aligning myself with God and what he has for us? And is my money aligned with that? It's not exciting to think about how we should, you know, budget your savings and not drink all the coffee that you want in the world. All that stuff. It doesn't get exciting if there's no reason for it. Imagine if we think about our money that way, that our money can be on mission, what would happen? What would this world look like if that was the case? We know that the world is already worried about everything that's happening all the time. Talking heads, news, everything. The world is going on fire. It's a trash dumpster dive or whatever fire. It's just, it's going, it's just going to hell, right? Because they're worried because what happens? Empires crumble and there's always fear. But what if church... What if we're able to say, you know what, we operate on a different economy. Malachi says this. God was speaking through the prophet Malachi to the people of Israel and saying, hey, you guys got off track. And one of those ways that you got off track is because you forgot to have your resources, your lifestyle, everything on mission. Test me on this, he says. Bring everything to me, live on mission, and see if I can't show you how I can show up. There's no end to God's resources, and he's a loving God. What if we live that way? What if we thought about our money that way? What difference would that make if we had our money on mission? (laughs) What if there was a cause for our cash? What if every penny had a purpose? I came here to preach today, guys. Come on now. Listen, we have already seen this at work through this church. You've seen this. How is it that we can have a place like this filled of seats, of kids and families, we're building them up. And then to be able to say, hey, we're going to go downtown and we're going to be able to purchase a church to impact the community in a space that used to be a swingers club. How is it as a church we can support other churches that are going into the, one of the poorest neighborhoods in the country and to be able to bless the world that way? How is that possible? It's because we as a church, and I've, we see, you've seen this, You're living with mission. 
Is your money on mission? Let that be our question. Okay? An exercise for us. If you want to know whether your money's on mission, you can pop up your app. You don't have to do it right now. Or go to your bank, bank account later on. Look through your, your expenses. Look through the things that you've spent money on. And line by line, what things have gone to mission? And what things have gone to moth food? <laughs> what things have you done that say, you know what, like I've, I've aligned my finances with mission. Here's, here's where. I've opened my table. I've, I've, I've given to this. You know, I've, I've pursued a career that I'm able to kind of um, to, to be a blessing to others. Or is everything kind of mostly moth food? Where, you know, nothing wrong with, with moth food. Moth's got to eat, right? <laughs> but the thing is, at the end of the day, if we're not building the kingdom, it's just going to be eaten by moths. And are we okay with that? So just realize that if we're on mission, we can invest our lives into eternal things that always give us the return that God promises us. Okay, are we doing good so far? All right. I need to drink some water. Okay, so let's think about then, if we're starting with this idea of mission, that we want to live with our money being on mission, that aligns with our lives being on mission. So how then do we understand this mission? And here's where we start. The next part is, let's think about our mindset. Let's think about the kind of ideas and the kind of story that you bring to the table as we sit here today. What's your money story and how has that affected your mindset? Because all of us have come from different backgrounds. Some of us have come from backgrounds where mom and dad were really great with money, they set you up, and everything was great. Others of us had situations where, you know what, we didn't know anything that was going on, and my mom and dad had no idea. And I'll look at my credit card statement. Everybody's got a different story. Regardless of whatever your story is, today you've come here, and then we should realize what is my current mindset, and does it align with God's mindset? So we're going to look at that today. Let's figure out what does this beat look like? What is the style of this beat? Make sure I can understand God's money beat so that then I can get in that beat myself and play with it. Cool? All right. So now Isaac Schaefer was very excited when I brought this because he was hoping for spreadsheets and charts and everything. So I, this is really going to be for you, Isaac, okay? So we're going to look at four areas. that talk about what God's heart is for our money. Here's the first place that we're going to start. It's, that, it's this, that everything that we have is a gift from God. Everything we have is a gift from God. This is God's playground. He made it, right? Psalm 24, it should be on the screen. It says this, the earth is the Lord's, and what? Everything in it. Everything. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So I'm going to draw this for you. Uh, everything is a gift. You know what? Let's just draw like a cloud with some sunshine rays coming up. That's, that's God. Everything is God's, okay? The idea that if God made all of it, then it belongs to him. So if we look, we have another passage here from Deuteronomy. What we learn about God is that, uh, there we go. What we learn about God is that 
he exists in community, right? You guys understand, like, we talk about the Trinity. It's this really abstract concept. Who can explain it? I'm not going to explain it fully for you right now. But if I can boil it down, it's this. God exists in community, and it's a community where he's one-anothering himself. Here's what I mean. He's loving and serving within himself, the Father and the Son and the Spirit. And so when he created, and he said, let us make humans in our image, he's passing that on to us so that we can be the kind of people who will do the same thing. The kind of people who would say, you know what, um, we are, we're living in community, and so therefore the way that we act and live is going to be expressed in that, especially through our resources. But the first place we start is that everything, actually, I don't need this passage yet, my bad. But everything is, is, is from the Lord. So some examples of this, some examples of this, of everything being from the God, from God and him expressing community to us. It's a funny thing that uh, they're speaking about Nehemiah today, right? One example of this is Nehemiah who was this delegate uh, of exiled Israel. And he had this vision that God had put on his heart to go build the city, build the walls of Jerusalem again for the temple and everything. So he goes and he, he goes to um, Artaxerxes, the, the, the king uh, of Persia, and he makes this super bold request to, to go back and to build this. He risks his life to do this, really, folks. And what happens? Artaxerxes said, yeah, go for it. Here's everything, wood, supplies, coffee, like whatever you need. He supplied it. Why is that? Because the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. There's another example. One of my favorite passages that's like a, like a, like a low-key passage that I haven't not- had noticed before is in Luke 8. And it says, that, actually, you know what? I'm going to read it. I don't think we have it, but I'm going to read this for you. Because this is baller. Okay, Luke chapter 8, verse 1. Uh, this is about women who are following Jesus, okay? Uh, we've got some women here following Jesus, right? Let me hear you. All right. So soon afterward, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom, we had, uh, from whom he had cast out seven demons, Joanna, the wife of Cusa or Chusa, Herod's business manager. I'm going to stop right there. Do you guys know who Joanna is? Anybody know who Joanna is? We just said it. The wife of King Herod's business manager. The wife of his chief of staff. What does that mean? Lady was rolling in dough. That's what that means. She had some money. So here she is traveling around these towns with a bunch of basically faith hippies in Jesus. She's the, chief, the wife of the chief of staff of the king whose heritage line wanted to kill Jesus because they were afraid of what? They were afraid of their empire crumbling. But she had this thought, you know what? All this that I'm doing, all these, maybe these parties, all these lavish things I've got, none of that adds up. It's moth, it's moth food. I'd rather be with Jesus because why? The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Okay? So, it doesn't, it, it's no surprise that later on when the Pharisees are like, hey, Jesus, trying to trip him up, say, hey, do you pay taxes? They want to know, do you follow the empire? Hey, what did he say to them? He said, you know what? Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. There's a system that we have, right? There's an, there's an economy that we have to, to know about and to, and, to, and to be part of and to, and to play by some of those rules. But give to God what is God's. Because the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. 
Everything we have is a gift from God. First point. Second point. Our money is a tool. Let me see if I can draw a hammer here. There we go. Hey, I, I don't get paid to draw, guys, okay? Our money should be a tool and not a treasure. Our money should be a tool and not a treasure. Here's this passage in, in Matthew 6. I want to read this here. I talked a little bit about this. Um, uh, don't store up treasures on here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where the moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal because where your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. So we start first with saying, okay, everything's from God's. My money is not the end in itself. We don't exist for that. That's not why we were created to have money, but we use money to be able to bless the world. Okay? Following me so far? That's good? Cool. All right. Next one is going to be, therefore, if, we're to be, if, if, if money is a tool and we're not supposed to treat it like a treasure, then we should be wise with it. I got to drop a little filament there. There we go. We should be wise with it. We have, yeah, that was, that's better. I'm getting better. As I go along, I warm up and I get comfortable and we should be wise with our money, okay? There's an expectation that we should know what the heck is going on with our money. We see an example of this where Jesus speaks about what the kingdom of heaven is like. And he gives us two parables. One is the parable of a group of virgins, okay? And it says, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. And this is, there's some cultural stuff happening here, so we're going to kind of gloss over that. But what I want to get to is that there was two types of, of people in this conversation here. Those who were ready and who were wise. And this idea of wisdom is very common in Scripture. There's a thread of wisdom that we should really appreciate and realize that, that undergirds the way that God speaks to us in the Bible. And basically, wisdom is doing the right thing. That's all it is. It's doing the right thing. And so here they're, they're, they're doing the right thing. They were called to be ready. They're ready, but some of them were not. Some of them just kind of like shrugged it off. And then later on, it, it, what happens is like those who shrugged it off, they missed out on the party. There's another, another parable right after this. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to, uh, to the last, dividing them in proportion of their abilities. So in this story, something very similar happened. The first two people he gave it to, they got the memo. He said, you know what? He, he saw something in me. I understand that I have a responsibility. Let me do something about that. And then later on when he came back, they had increased his, his, his investment. They did something with it. They knew what to do. But the last guy, I don't know what he was doing. He was like scrolling through Instagram back. I don't know what he, what he was doing, but he had an excuse, and he didn't do anything with it. And, and that, that, that um, um, the, this man that went on a trip who entrusted him with this, of course he was mad. He could have done something with it, but he didn't. He wasted it, and he missed out on the party as well, okay? We're supposed to be wise with this, and we learn a lot of things from these passages. We learn, first of all, that God does entrust us he gives us a responsibility. We're not just supposed to be on the sidelines, okay? And it also means that no matter where you are, no matter who you are, 
No matter how much money you have or how much money you make or even how much money you're in debt, we're all expected to be wise with this because he's given us responsibilities in proportion to our abilities. Some of us here have a really great ability to, to make money. Like, it's just like you wake up and you got more money. Like, it comes easy to you. Others of us are like, oh, man, I feel like I'm walking in sludge. I can't get ahead. Everyone has a different ability, but we're all called to think about it the same way. We're supposed to be wise with it. And finally, again, in the spirit of the character of God, we are supposed to be generous with it. That, that's easy to draw right there. It's just a heart. Now this is where I need my Deuteronomy passage. I got ahead of myself. Community stuff, Trinity, talked about that. Embedded in, the, in this idea of God wanting us to, to be wise with our money is this idea that we also have to have a spirit of generosity with it because we exist in community just like God exists in community within himself. We reflect that, in, that, that image of God. And so it's no surprise then that when we even see in the beginning of Scripture where God is establishing the, the people of Israel, they had no source of, like, anything. Like, they were just starting off, and he had to give them all these, these rules and these structures. How should they live? And one of the things he said was, like, he said this, Give generously to those who are poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything we, you do. There will always be some in the land who are poor. That is why I'm commanding you to share freely with the poor and other Israelites in need. It, it, it's because that's who God is. And he wants us to be that way. And so when you see again, and later on in, in the New Testament, where it says that there were no needy persons among them because they shared and they gave freely, that's just because it's assumed that we live in community. There is right there. All the believers were united in heart and mind. And they felt that what they owned was not their own because, again, whose was it? It's God's, right? The earth is the Lord's, right? Um, and uh, so they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was on them. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land, those who had resources, those who had abilities, right, they gave, um, and they, they um, where am I here, guys, uh, who <laughs> would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. They're living that out, right? I love that. Okay, so these four areas show what is God's beat like. This is the style of that money beat, Okay. Everything is from God. It's, a, it's supposed to be a tool for us that we can, and not a treasure. We're supposed to be wise with it, and we're supposed to be generous and bless the world, okay? Now, there's this trouble that we have, though, because as believers, we can say, well, we're not really operating in the world's mindset. We're not empire building, but we still struggle with this. I'm going to show you how we struggle with it. There's two ways. We struggle with this tension between, let's see if I can do this sideways, praying and planning when it comes to our finances. This is a tension of a continuum where some of us might say, hey, you know what? I'm good. I'm just going to give it to God. I'm not even going to bother. I don't care because you know what? God's got me. Because I know that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And I got all those storehouses and I'm going to get what I need. Some of us are like that. I say, hey, you know, I'm not even going to bother. But what's the problem with this? The problem is that God has invited us to be stewards with him. We can't have this excuse that, well, you know what, I just didn't know. 
So I just prayed. If we're the kind of people that just pray our problems away, we're never going to experience the fullness of God. It's because our prayers are supposed to be, we're supposed to be participants in our prayers, acting them out and living them out. And this exactly happens with, with this. There are no excuses. You find your Uncle Greg who's an accountant. If you need to figure out what to do, just give it to somebody, right? Find a way to make sure that you're doing the right things with the money that God's given you because he's wants, he wants us to be involved with that, okay? The next thing is that we struggle also with planning. There's, there's a different set of people in the room who say, you know what? I need to figure it out. I need, I need budget. I need to get my investments right. I need to do all this stuff. And, and you're, just, you're, you're going on and on and on. And we plan to the point where we're not really asking God, what is it that you would have for me? This can be an idol to itself. And some confession time for you guys here. This is where I land. You surprised by that? <laughs> I land on this because I think about these things all the time as a professional. But for whatever reason, I, I kind of default to like trying to be in control. Does anybody ever have, anyone else have that problem here wanting to be in control? <laughs> so if we plan without praying, now we're taking this out of God's hands and saying, you know what, I'm just going to try to figure it out. But the reality is that we have to exist in both spaces in the heart of this here, okay? The balance between praying and planning is where we participate with God in his purposes for our pennies. Say that five times fast. The balance between these two is where we find the heart of God, where we live on mission together. And so to steal this idea that St. Augustine said once upon a time, you see on the screen here, we pray as if it's up to God. And we plan as if it's up to us. You do both in tension with each other, and in the middle is where you can find that beat. Are you guys ready to do a beat? Let's do a beat. All right. Fresh page. Okay. So let's talk about, we talked about our mission. We've talked about the mindset. Let's talk about a method. If you want to get into a rhythm, I'm going to give you a really basic beat to help get you into that that, 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 that rhythm for um, doing all the things that we've talked about here today, okay? So, let me put my mic down. This is also, this is pretty epic kind of a prop series. So I wanted to make sure I brought my prop game too, you know. The, I, I can't top the bed though, Chris. That was pretty good. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you a very basic money beat that you can try. Okay, it's based on three things here. You can kind of maybe you can see them. Hopefully the wind doesn't blow my uh, my stuff away. There we go. Okay, and um, I'm gonna write it up here on the on the paper here too for us. So the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna have this idea that we can try to break our money down into three parts of this beat. Okay, live. There we go. Okay, and let's imagine that you. Have $100, so I'm going to pull out my $100 here. You guys didn't know I was bringing these Hamiltons, did you? Okay, $100. We're going to start with $100. It's an easy number to round up to, right? So here's the rhythm. First thing we want to do is commit your first fruits, your first money to God, okay? First $10 is going to go in to give, all right? Woo! Not because there's anything legalistic about that. And there's nothing special about, like, the 10% per se, 
God just wants us to give him our first things. And your first things might look different, and some of us might be on a journey with figuring out what that is. But start a rhythm. If it's your first dollar, start a rhythm. Because not only does the, that giving allow us to be able to do the kind of mission life that I've talked about earlier, but it allows you to go from this to this. This is fighting words. This is tense. This means that I'm in control and God's not. So giving is as much about certainly blessing the world and doing, doing great for God's kingdom, but it's also about how do I make sure that my heart is right and that money is not my treasure? That's why we do that. Start first with your first beat. Give into that, okay? The next thing we're going to do, don't go away, give. Stay here. All right, take your next dollar. Take your next dollar and learn how to save your money. Learn how to put some away. Don't be like the bridesmaids who are like, hey, we're going to chill. We're going to use up all our oil. It's going to be good because we're just going to pray and God's going to take care of us. No, save. But again, we're not saving just for accumulating and building our empire. Save so that you can be ready when God needs you, so that way you can be in a position to be strong for your community, so that you can increase your abilities, so that way God can increase your capacity. Come on, guys. You get the idea, right? Okay, and then what you have left over is going to be your live category. Now, we can put the rest in here, and this is going to break down in two basic uh, sub-beats, your needs and your wants. So to make sure that you know, hey, how is this going to break down? If I'm going to put the rest of my money to live on, what do I prioritize first? Definitely your wants, right? Oh, coffee. Coffee gets a bad rap in all my speeches. I'm sorry. I'm not a coffee person. Most of you guys are. So I'm trying to limit my coffee jokes. <laughs> Some of you guys do need coffee, though. I'm not going to lie. So just do what you do you. <coughs> Brooke, <coughs> um, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't supposed to bring her into the message, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in trouble later. So, all right. So um, you, you, you base your needs and your wants on that live category. And, of course, your needs are going to be those things that you need to do, like you need housing, you need clothes. All that stuff is very important. But sometimes we do stretch that dollar a little bit, and we, we supersize our needs as I say sometimes. Sometimes we say, hey, well, I need this house. We supersize our house. Or I need this car. Or I need this, you fill in the blank, and we supersize those things. We don't always have to supersize everything. Our country and our culture is like that, though. We want to supersize everything. If we're supersizing things, it's just, just more moth food, really, guys, right? Okay? So think about what is it that we need? How can we then live our life that way? We make space for God to do some other things for us, but leave space for you to still do and enjoy the blessing that God has given you. That's where your wants come in. But always remember that you may not have everything that you want, but we definitely have way more than we need, guys. We may not have everything what we want. There may be lots of things that lots of other people are doing and lots of other people have, but you know what? God has provided for us. Be content in that. And then this is the rhythm that we do. So maybe you can start with a basic beat that says, okay, what if I started kind of a standardized version of this with my first 10% that goes to give. Automate it. Set, set it on autopilot. Be that fancy tuxedo winning the poo. Give online if you have to. Whatever you got to do, your first fruits, and make it easy for yourself. Just like for me, if, if Brooke makes a batch of cookies in the house, 
and it has to be chocolate chip cookies because otherwise I don't care about stuff besides that. I, well, she will have to hide them because I'll eat them. Right? So the same thing happens with our money. If we don't hide it from ourselves, it might get used. So then how do you say, okay, let me automate that first thing out of there to give back to God? What if you do the same with your savings? Start with 10% towards your near-term stuff, your long-term stuff, and just put money aside so that way you can be ready. And then finally, your rest of your lifestyle needs and wants can be gobbled up by your, your live category. This is a basic beat. Just in the pocket. It's basic. What that means, though, is that you can grow in this. As you increase your capacity and as, God, as you show yourself faithful with what God has given you with, with the little, he just might increase your capacity. So maybe you don't need to live on 80%. Maybe you can live on less than that. There are those of us in here who are like that that God has blessed you with resources and blessed you with things. You're at that, that, that more advanced speed. Right? Okay? So you can, you can use this as a starting point. It's a rhythm. Start it. Get used to it. Get comfortable with it. Make it your own then. But we start somewhere. This is your basic beat. Got it? No, get it. See? I'm a rookie. That was a rookie mistake. I got it. Okay, so let's think about some, let's bring this home, some action items, some things that you can do to take all of what we said here and to make this rhythm for yourself, okay? Um, the first thing I would say that we, you should do is to go back, go home, go to your family, your spouse, whoever that, whatever that looks like for you, and articulate your purpose. Not even just about the finances. Start first with who are, who are we, who are you? What is it that God has for you? Where is God leading you? What is your purpose? Because that will align all of the other rhythms that we're trying to be about in this series. Second thing we're going to do is start being intentional. Based on that mission and based on that vision, let that be what guides those goals and those intentions. Be about something. Don't have an excuse for things. Be about it. And, and, and if you need to meet with someone to figure that out, that's where you get your help. Or you give help, right? Get your help from somebody if you need it. And then, based on those things, start this. Automate this if you haven't done that already. It's super easy these days to do some of that stuff. Or you can do things online and you can automate how you want your money to be managed for you. If you're not like a do-it-yourself person that loves spreadsheets like me and Ike, right? Like, just figure out a way to do that. And then finally, like I said, get help from somebody. Get your Uncle Greg, who's an accountant. I'm, I'm serious. Like, he'll help you, okay? Or maybe you're Uncle Greg yourself. And, and you want to step up and say, hey, church, I'm, I'm here. Let me help you be wise and bless the world with your resources. Dream about that, guys, okay? What will happen in our community? What would happen in our world if we were able to operate on an entirely different economic mindset where the things that the world worries about, they don't bother us? Not because we're just going to pray it away, or not because we're just going to say, hey, we got the right plan, but because both exist in that tension. And then we believe that we have a God who's got it all. And we have a God who has equipped us to make it happen, regardless of our situation, regardless of our abilities or wherever we are. My prayer is that our church 
can grow in that and see more and more and more of that happen in Peoria and the surrounding areas in the world where we can, we can do more of these trips where we're going to impacting places, where we can start more businesses that, that employ people and change the economy, where we can get, be free from debt, where we don't have to worry about how we're going to survive because we know that God has been providing for us and he's also asked us to participate in this. Let's pray. God in heaven, uh, thank you. Thank you for creating us and thank you for inviting us to be part of your world and to, to give us the, uh, the, the vision for how we can impact your kingdom. God, I pray that we will not be tempted to build empire, but Lord, help us to know what it means for us to be people who will pray your kingdom will come through our finances. Uh, we do pray for people in here who are burdened, who are struggling with the weight of debt, for people who are struggling with their sense of purpose or calling in their career, for those who are suffering from the sin of greed, for those here who want to be better with their resources, but they're, they're, we're, we're tied into the plan that the world has for us for our money. Break those chains, God, and then show us and free us to be able to walk in your, in, in, in your truth so we can see the world blessed through you because of the resources that you've given us. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your son's name we pray, amen.